Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. If you follow sports at all in South Florida, you know the Florida Panthers ice hockey team had one of their best seasons in nearly 30 years. But as the new NHL season kicks off this month, there's another ice hockey team you should know about. One that's having arguably a bigger effect on South Florida culture. The Lucky Pucks. The Lucky Pucks are an ice hockey club for women and girls of all ages based in Fort Lauderdale. Their teams swept the state championship on every level of competition right around the time the Panthers were playing for the Stanley Cup. The women over 40 won the national championship. Our colleagues Sherry Lynn Cabrera and Alyssa Ramos spent some time with the Lucky Pucks at practice and in the locker room. I used to leave my gear all, all the time in my bag now, for some reason or another. It's all hockey fun. It's, it's ventilated, you know. They got to know the players who work regular jobs by day and slash through the ice by night. They even got some backyard mangoes to take home. This is definitely a South Florida locker room. <laughs> That's how you know you're loved in South Florida. People give you mangoes. It's that time. The Lucky Pucks wouldn't exist without one woman. Their co-founder, Karen Oda O'Brien. Her teammates call her KO. Sherry and Alyssa brought Karen into our studio. They talked about how the Lucky Pucks have changed the lives of women athletes, from young girls to hockey moms who can't live without the ice. Sherry and Alyssa, take it away. When we met Karen Oda O'Brien, she insisted we grab a hockey stick and join them. We were flattered, but we're not the sportiest people you'll meet. We did, however, check out one of their games. We'd gone to the suburban ice rink where the Lucky Pucks practiced next to the hot, steamy Everglades in the middle of June. As we stepped through the sliding doors, we were hit with a blast of cold air. That breath of cold air is what Karen was searching for when she brought ice hockey to South Florida. So we knew she'd feel at home in our chilly studio in downtown Miami. We started by asking what it meant to have a women's team from Florida win the gold medal at the USA Hockey National Championship. We had a really good season. It was just overall a really fun um, but really, it's, there was so much going on. We first started with doing a presentation with the, I was asked um, by the NHL to do a presentation at their All-Star um, games prior to that. And um, because they were, um, saw our program and was interested in uh, learning about how we grew the program from the grassroots up. And that, um, created a stir which it everything just happened organically it seemed because from there um M maria one of my one of my right arms um, went to the all-star game and saw that the willie o'ree award nominations was up and they she within 24 hours uh rallied 50 votes for me to be nominated for the with the nhl and it just kind of snowballed into uh, me being uh, one of the semi-finalists, and then I was um, told that I was one of the finalists and they were going to fly me to Nashville for the NHL awards. And then that also spiraled into the USA Hockey, and they, um, they nominated me, and I won the Adult Player of the Year for USA Hockey, and I was flown to Colorado to be presented award there. And then it was right into the um, the, the, the FWHL, uh, the state championships. 
and every one of our team, it was just like all the stars were aligned and every team that we um, were playing in, every division, we ended up winning every division for the Florida State Championship. And then it went right into the USA Hockey National Championships. And we, um, we, did, we, we entered three teams and the 21 and over, the 31 and over, and <clears throat> the division that I was in, the over 40. And um, these women that were on my roster were women that I've played with from the beginning, back in the 90s. Um, so they were part of the program, and now we're all in our 40s and 50s. And I'm clinging on to the over 40 because Maria wants me to stay until she turns over 40. And I said, Maria, I, by that time, I'm going to be in my almost in my 70s, but I'll hang on and I'll put another team in for the over 40. And, um, you know, it's not always about the uh, you can you can always just have you can have the best players on a roster and try to win that way. But in my experience, it's not always about having the the best players um, as far as how they are good at skating and all the skills it's sometimes it is the chemistry of everyone and the friendship and the sisterhood and that's what we've had growing this program so when we got into the into this um, uh, championship and it was so ironic too because one of the teams that was there was a dog nation and they were a women's team out of Colorado, which come to find out um, the sponsor was Marty Richardson from Dog Nation, who was also finalist for the NHL Willie O'Ree Award. So that was kind of a, a funny, you know, kind of a segue into all of this. But uh, so, yes, we, fi we made it into the finals. And actually, I, I got my first hat trick of my life there. What <laughs> a so hat trick is when you you get you score three goals in one game. So I've never ever um, done that before in my life. <laughs> so that also happened. Um, like I said, it was just all the stars were aligned, and and we ended up winning that uh, with that championship. Yeah. So and for people who don't know, can you explain what the Willie O'Ree Award is? Willie O'Ree was the first. African-American player to play in the NHL and um, he's now in his I got a pleasure to meet him and in Nashville and he started um, or the NH along with the NHL it's an award for um, people like myself that have made an impact in the hockey community so um, he along with the NHL NHL um, he as well makes the, um, you know, it, there was a vote as well, but a lot of it was of, mm -hmm. you know, his decision, NHL's decision of, it came down to three finalists in the United States as well as there was three finalists in Canada as well, but there they were different um, yeah. award times and whatever. But For sure. He's uh, a remarkable man. He was right. really sweet. Yeah, it was, it was awesome to meet him. That's amazing. Um, it just sounds like it was a whole, that whole period of time sounded like a domino effect of, you know, once Maria nominated you, you know, you, there were all these awards and such, but I'm curious as a team, like, how do you guys celebrate? What is it like being on the ice? And, you know, when you're in it, 
uh, just take us to that moment and take us to what it's like to be in a really good season. Surreal. Um, I was really happy. I was really proud of everything that we accomplished this year. Um, and it's it was just like I said, it was like all the stars were aligned and and it all happened at once. And my one of my girlfriends, um, you know, just said like, geez, K.O., could you have, you know, just spread it out a bit instead of doing all of this all in, you know, a, 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 you know, six months time. Frame? <laughs> but it just doesn't it doesn't uh, work that way all the time. So we're, we're I, I'm celebrating with my with all my teammates because without them and all the help that I, I've had with all of my, with I, I call them my sisters and my girlfriends, but without all their help, I couldn't have, have pulled off this program and all the programs that you know we do. We, we just finished our golf tournament this past weekend and all the volunteers that helped. Um, without them, you know, um, I wouldn't, our program wouldn't be as successful as it is. Yeah, and you know, there was a lot of, I guess, general interest and momentum with just hockey in general, the sport this year. And a lot of it has to do with, obviously, the Florida Panthers advancing to the Stanley Cup finals for the first time in 27 years. Um, so why do you think hockey is having such a moment right now in, in Florida specifically? It's growing. It, it And I, you know, I don't know I you know it's when I in the 90s when I first moved down here there was maybe a handful of women that skated um, I think maybe four and then um, and who I knew were just they were all from the northern or they're Canadian or they're from the northern states and then with the expansion of the Panthers coming to Florida that is when it just kind of hit and then I started seeing a lot of women coming out of the woodwork and wanting to, you know, contacting me and wanting to play. Um, but not only, I think, is it the transplants that help bring, you know, the attention and um, the attention that it has here, but it's it's a wonderful sport. Like, you know, we have, the Panthers have done a wonderful job with the Learn to Play program so that people that don't know how, don't know how to play and don't have anything what they do is they 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 provide the um, the equipment as well as the coaching for 12 weeks um, but and it just catches on because it's such a great sport it's something that is not only good for your mind and your soul and and just um, you know, when you get out there you don't think about anything else except for chasing that puck for um, an hour so it, it just kind of cleanses you know you, it kind of just uh, purges all your bad days that you have for an hour that you don't even think about it. So it's somebody, um, when I try to explain that to somebody, said it's kind of like meditation is. And I go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what it is. Plus, it's such a good cardio workout. It's eye-hand coordination. The camaraderie, the people that you meet are just a certain type of person, I think, that that wants to play that competitively. That it just, there's a certain type of people that are drawn to it that um, that I just find very relatable and it's just um, it just brings camaraderie and, and just uh, friendships that as I at me as a testimony lasts for decades so yeah and honestly 
I can say that we felt that. We went to visit one of the games and just speaking to the cardio, you guys were going on and off the ice and, you know, everyone was moving and everyone was out of breath, but everyone was having such a great time and everyone was very welcoming too. Like people kept asking us, hey, when are you going to get on the ice? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't even know how to ice skate, but (laughs) I, I appreciate it. Um, I'm curious if, you know, you had such a great season. So was there like any specific, like a favorite play that you had or a really good moment or memory from the season that really sticks out to you? It's probably uh, getting that hat trick at nationals. Yeah. And, uh, one of my teammates, Tanya Williams, she had the, the wherewithal to grab that puck and put a little tape on it. So I have it to keep. So, um, yeah, that was probably a uh, one of yeah pretty memorable. So I'll probably frame that. Is that <laughs> that's amazing? Is is that like a really hard like really hard to, trick to do to get three goals in a game for me? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a like a hard yes a hard thing it to is do for me. <laughs> Our guest today is Karen Oda O'Brien, but on the ice she's K O. She co-founded the Florida Women's Hockey League more than 20 years ago. She's speaking to our colleagues Sherilyn Cabrera and Alyssa Ramos. When I was talking to Elaine, one of the people on the team, like she was going through all the different equipment she had, and she's had all this gear for like 15 years, and (laughs) you guys are just constantly taping and retaping the same equipment that you've had for years and years. Is that like a normal thing in um, like hockey teams? With some of these girls, it's kind of, what do you call it, um, uh, where, it, you know, they, I, I just know with Maria, she had these pants that she would not let go because they were just, they meant, it was special to her and she hated getting rid of them, but they were just at its, at its end. So I said, why don't I just take a picture of it so you have that as a memory. So that's what's on her, her screensaver when she calls me. But it's, you know, you know people <laughs> like Elaine, they just have this... Um, this I don't know what you call it this uh, thing that they just yeah (laughs) a a love for their old equipment that they just can't you know they can't get rid of so it's like a teddy bear or one of those little care blankets that that kids have I guess I don't know it's like an attachment almost like you don't want to let it go because there's so much like meaning and sentimental exactly exactly that's what I was trying to get at yeah and that's something you know, both of us interviewing a lot of the Lucky Pucks members when we were there, um, a lot of them talked about how, you know, this club of of, of women, it, it was a way for them to create bonds and to, you know, just find a, a, a place that felt like home and a place where they knew they would be accepted. And um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I guess you know it's it. Like I said, it's it is a group of all ages, and all backgrounds, and it's I guess it's just what you know that hockey community. And I would have to say it's probably the same for the men's, and I know it is for the girls' program. But it is a not only are we out there for the um, for the challenge of the game, but it 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 is a sisterhood with the Lucky Pucks program in which um, we're kind of all there together to support one another, whether you're having, 
you know, issues at home or at school or in your marriages or your relationships. Um, but it's also, um, you know, a, kind of a, a go-to uh, club that if you're feeling um, alone and whatever, you, you have enough sisters to pick up the phone to help you out with anything that you've had that day. So it's, like I said, it's not always about just hockey and, and that aspect of it, but I think a lot of the women just like to come for, you know, the, uh, the camaraderie and the, and the friendship. Yeah, and you can definitely feel that, you know, being there. And I remember one of my favorite things um, when we visited is someone, maybe it was you, I can't remember, but someone brought in a mango. Mangoes, yeah. Because it was at the height of mango season. (laughs) And if you go inside the locker room, it looks like what I imagine would be a regular locker room. Like, it could be anywhere, but I knew in that moment it was a South Florida locker room. <laughs> I know. I remember yeah. you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, no, it's just an incredible that, you know, you guys have formed, like, a bond. Like, when you first started out, what, I guess, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how did you foster that bond as um, starting out? Like, how did you build and develop that chemistry? It's just, it just formed organically, you know, and how I, how I started it was because there was no women really playing, um, I started, I was playing with the men's and I was just getting hurt. It hurts when you run into, to a a dude rather than a a woman. (laughs) And I was just, I broke my leg and I just went, I'm tired of getting hurt and, it's just a different game playing with the guys, so it's kind of just started organically by just gra- by just cultivating more women, and uh, I've got to say, talking with Madison Eckler who started the girls program, when she told me, you know how wh- why she wanted to start the girls program because she was in the same situation, you know, and that just happened. Um, we just started this. U16 Lucky Pucks um, travel team um, just within the few six months or so. And I, I thought that interesting, you know, that um, she, her story starting the Lucky Pucks girls program is so aligned with what my story was. And um, so, but you, you just, like I said, just the, the girls, the women that play the sport, they're just a certain breed. And um, you know, I've, you just from, and we all have something in common and, but they're all from different backgrounds. They're from, um, doctors to pilots, to lawyers, to women that play, um, or actually work in the, in the professional sports field with the dolphins, with the, Pan- with the Panthers, with, um, the NHL. So it's a broad kind of group of girls, but, uh, strong you know out that alpha type women when when I when I when I really get to know all of them there's that um but and I, I guess I don't know it just that just it just grows organically the the friendships and and all that it's nothing to do really on my part it's just the group of girls that we that we have coming out um it is one of the mottos though of playing in our travel program that 
um, that we just have to remind everybody that this is a sisterhood and we treat everybody uh, with, with respect and winning isn't always everything. And um, yeah, it just, uh, I don't know, that just all, just all fell into place. It was really not none of my doing. Yeah, and um, you talked a little, about, little bit about, um, you know, why you wanted to start the, the women's program. But tell us a little bit more about, you know, how you ended up in Florida, but also, you know, where, where you know, you grew up in British Columbia. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your growing up and how you ended up here. I grew up on a in 100 Mile House, British Columbia, in a small, t- it's a very small town. It's a logging and ranching community, and um, I grew up. Um, my mom was Native Indian, and my dad is Japanese. So those two, in particular, had challenges growing up. Mom was in um, the Kamloops Residential School that they did a program on 60 Minutes about um, you know how they were all the the Indian children were Native Indian children were put into um, Catholic residential schools and oh, I remember wow. her speaking about that as a child but she passed when I was um, 12 and so I, I a lot of those stories I'm forgetting but it was it, it triggered my memory because I saw a 60 minutes piece on it and that school was mentioned my dad grew up um, in an interim camp he went um, at didn't grow up. They were put in an interim camp when the war hit in New Denver. So um, from there, you know, I, I think I got a lot of a lot of their characteristics being strong and and uh, good, hardworking people. And we, um, Dad took us from Vancouver and we moved to Hundred Mile and he um, bought a ranch and then slowly got into the logging community. Um, so from there, um, you know, it was very isolated. I was probably half an hour or so from town. And so when everybody, all my girlfriends were, you know, going to the mall and having jobs at the movie theater, I had to hit the bus home because there was, you know, cattle to feed and and all that good stuff of ranching. <laughs> and I hated it at the time, but on hindsight, it was such a, a remarkable, um, ex- you know, experience just to, you know, live off the land and taught me good work ethic and uh, you know um, I, I, I probably will go back to those roots as I retire because I I just it was a very special time in my life looking back on it now mm-hmm. at the time I hated it um, but because I was so isolated I in the I remember you asking me how what's this frozen hayfields thing but in hundred mile in uh, it's in the interior of British Columbia the weather is just very unpredictable. You'll have daffodils coming out, and then the next day it snows. So these hay fields would would melt all the snow, and then it would hit hard, and it would freeze. So I'd have acres and acres of hay fields that I could skate. And beings by myself, I would just skate and pretend. I really wanted to be at one of those figure skaters um, you know, the professional figure yeah. skaters. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I used to pretend, and I did a, you know, I did a lot, uh, did a lot on my own because um, you were so isolated once in a while, I would be able to bring a girlfriend up. But um, so that's how I learned yeah. how to skate. I never played any hockey back when I was a child. Plus, there was no really girls' program back then. That was in the 70s. So, um, anyways, yeah. fast forwarding it to when I was in my 20s. And I, because I, I am Native Indian, 
there's a treaty that um, it was written back in like the 1800s or so, don't quote me on that, but mm -hmm. there is no borders between, in North America, between the U.S. and Canada for, um, if you have Native Indian status, um, Canada, they call it First oh. Nations. My sister, if she heard this, she'd be correcting me. <laughs> but, and she, my sister's very involved with the First Nations community in British Columbia. Um, so I was, uh, I asked my boyfriend at the time and one of my girlfriends, let's go to St. Thomas. I wanted, you know, I just got my diving certification. Let's go on a vacation. Well, those two didn't get their act together, <laughs> and I did, and I didn't realize they didn't book their tickets. And so by the time came, oh. I was on the plane in Vancouver crying my eyes out going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I almost jumped off. and But I had everything. I had my first $500 visa card, you know, the limit of $500, and I just went there and um I rented a, a place from this lady. There was no Airbnb at the time, but that's what she was doing was an Airbnb. And I stayed there and then ended up just calling every week to my, every, like, weeks. I was there for three weeks, and then it turned into a month, and I kept calling my boss. I worked for a veterinarian at the time. I said, Roy, I wanted to stay for another, you know, thing, and he go, he's going to stay as long as you want. And when I was sitting at the pool... My, um, I ended up getting a job at a dive shop because it was so expensive to live there. So I ended up, I was just hanging out at the pool, and um, this I met this girl, Teresa, and, she, and I said, um, you know, what do you do? And she goes, oh, see that yacht right there? I work on it. And I went, and I was just so, in, you know, just in, just in awe of all these million-dollar, you know, yachts that were docked at the... Mm -hmm. At, in, in St. Thomas, because that's in the Caribbean, that's um, where they go for the uh, winter, and in the summer, they go to the Med. And she goes, um, are you interested, because we're looking for a stewardess. And so I called Roy, my doctor, veterinarian, called my boyfriend, and said, I have this opportunity, you know, um, and, you know, Wayne wasn't so crazy about it, but he said, how can I say, you know, no to this? This is an opportunity. And Roy said, you're young, you're single, <laughs> go. This this wow. opportunity, your job will always be here. 100 Mile will always be here, go. This is a huge yeah. opportunity. So I got, uh, jumped on this, this 145 Picciotti Italian yacht, and we left from St. Thomas, cruised up to Bermuda, and did a transatlantic crossing over to the Mediterranean. And from there, you know, we almost actually capsized off of the size off of oh the Azores. Whoa. We got into really bad weather. It was a two and a half uh, sail um, by motor yacht, and it was it was probably the most. Uh, I was so seasick. I was homesick. Yeah. It was just brutal, you know. And I thought that I could handle. I've been on the lake with a boat. I think that I handle <laughs> something like that. But when you're on, out in the ocean mm -hmm. for two and a half and, and weeks and you're seeing the radar and it's you're not even really coming up on the radar. You see these, just the container ships going across. That's all you see. And I started freaking out going like, what would ever happen if we got into trouble out here, you know? And <laughs> nobody answered me. And I got so seasick in the rough seas as well. Oh like, oh, it was, yeah. But we finally made it to the Azores, had that, I, I, I woke up by rolling off my bed and then got up and everybody, all the crew was up and the, there was this thick marble table that was on its side and they just went, how did you all, how did you even sleep through all that? I, right. I fell off my bed. Um, but we made it safely and um, 
and we cruised. I saw 13 countries in like wow. the eight, nine months time frame. And then the yacht was was uh, sold and um, here, yeah. you know, and then so they shipped, they yeah. had to ship by marine law, had to head, head back to St. Thomas. And I s- decided to come to Florida instead and thought I would do a, a temp job yeah. as a stewardess. And uh, I'm yeah. still here. Exactly. No, like, just to put it in perspective, like, what a time, what a way to spend your early 20s just traveling. But you essentially went from a small town in British Columbia and then made it all the way to the Caribbean as, you know, working in a dive shop, becoming a stewardess, like, and then landing in Florida. I just feel like that's so... Like, that's, first of all, that's just an amazing story, but that's also, like, I feel like a lot of people end up in Florida just in the most wacky but also interesting ways. So I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Our guest today is Karen Oda O'Brien. She co-founded the Florida Women's Hockey League. She's speaking to our colleagues, Sherry Lynn Cabrera and Alyssa Ramos. She told them how the Lucky Pucks got their start. Well, when I first started, we... When I first started, it was just a, a you know a handful of girls, and I think we were called uh, it was first KO. Well, actually, I first started trying to get a, a women's team with the men's league, and so I had to um, bring some guys on board. So it was called the KO's hockey team or whatever. And then I found out about um, that there were Sunshine State games, and so that's when I started recruiting, getting the word out. I'm trying to get this tournament team so we can participate. And it was in Lakeland, actually, that where mm. where this tournament was. Um, so then we were the freeze, and then um, as the that was the time where I was starting to um, try to start up a business in office furniture, and I had to kind of give up some of those reins in order to uh, get my business off the ground. So a couple girls took over, and they changed the name to the Florida Beaches. Um, and then, uh, it just, that whole, they, that whole group, we were a couple teams then, and, um, I ended up breaking away from that group because, because I guess, you know, when I was younger, I've, I've never been the, for, for PE, I was always the C plus student, you know, because I was Mm -hmm. just mediocre as far as an athlete, you know, Mm -hmm. and I felt I didn't like where the the beaches were more competitive travel Mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that I wanted it to be more of I didn't want to see my um, my girlfriends cut. I wanted to play with them Mm. just because they weren't good enough or I saw myself being cut. And I'm like, but all my girlfriends are playing in this upper division. So I decided with a, a handful of girls to break away and start my own um, team where it was it, it was based on just girlfriends. So that's when the Lucky Pucks were, uh, they started in 2007. We formed that team as one team. And then the Beaches went on to do their own thing. But they maybe lasted for a few years and then they eventually broke apart or they came and joined our group wow yeah Yeah, that's incredible because it just says so much about it's less about the game and just enjoying enjoying where you're at enjoying like playing the game not having to win right right 
And that's what I, I, I found doing this for 30 years is that a, rost, a winning roster always isn't the best players on your team. It's also chemistry um, and how, you know, we how you know how chemistry and, and friendships and sisterhood mixed in with the spice of the really talented players but those talented players have a good um, attitude and that it's not about winning it's about helping the other player um, excel mm-hmm. and you know it's not so those are the, the the players that we cultivated and you know if you want to join this is the mentality of what you know what we expect for you is that you treat everybody respectfully and it's we might and we didn't we didn't win at all ever but we partied and we had <laughs> so much fun we had so much fun those first years and winning wasn't everything and then we slowly uh players started more players started coming into into uh the area and uh here we are now you know yeah. so now we have a novice division a uh, a rec division which is split into two um so there's a and a c division which is the college younger 20 year olds definitely i'm i'm personally curious because and we didn't get to talk about this that much but i I guess for some people who have like this conception that hockey is a very aggressive sport can you just talk about your experience playing on a men's league and like why it was so important for you to create like a women's league and like, I guess, uh, if you can just talk about that, you know, we in the early days when we were the freeze, we did put in an all women's team in the men's league in Coral Springs, and we were winning. We made it to the playoffs, and the guys hated it. Some of them <laughs> did. Some of them yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in and they retaliated by calling us names. They threw. Uh, tampons on the ice. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh wow. my gosh! Wow! I know. Um, so, uh, so that that was kind of uh, a learning kind of uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but playing with men because they're stronger, they're they're taller. To run into them, it's different than running into a woman. I, I you know I feel, and as I'm getting older, I just. Um, I just, it's just safer for me, um, because mainly because they're stronger and they're, and they're taller and they're bigger. So mm-hmm. that was, um, and the, the women though, the, trust me, the women can be, um, the, you know, when we play travel, they can be, um, very physical and some of them can be dirty, but in this girls night out program that I have locally, it's, we we split them. We split up. It's it, there's no there's no referee. Which I I asked, do you, you want a referee? And they said no. It's just for fun. Um, and we split up the lines as to you know the caliber and the strengths. So you're not playing. Your line isn't playing against a stronger line. So it's fun. So if you were yeah. to come out as newbies, you would be playing against the line that is just newbies as well. Um, and there's uh, there's a rule an an unsaid rule that you you're not out there to hit anybody you know we all get to get up and work for a living now we brought on you know we have um and you know sometimes we have a nine-year-old goalie who's awesome kira and we have 11 year old which 
she's she's growing like every time I see her, she's growing six six <laughs> inches. So we're 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 there to have fun and yeah. not to. Um, yes, we like to score goals and that, but everybody has to get up and work. And, and, you know, get up and not be hurt the next day. Though there's just incidents that, you know, Elaine fell down one one night and for no reason. And she hurt herself. Another gal, Emma, fell in the wrong way and she broke her, her wrist. So it's just not because anybody hit her. She just, it's just the sport, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also curious. Um, you said the team's growing and Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys just started a junior national team. We did, yes. So. Yeah, the Lucky Pucks organization. So, um, like I'd said, mentioned Maddie Madison Eckler. Um, her dad had approached me, and um, you know, I, I and then got me in contact with her. And uh, she's 16, but she's about 16. Just a tremendous young woman that is has all the desire and the drive and I just she they, they struggled at first and then when I heard that she was having difficulty I said you know why don't we why don't we help each other I knew that I was going to get some funding for this Willie O'Ree um, uh, being a finalist and I said I have some funding we do a golf tournament so we have some funds so let me help you and let's get this off the ground, you know. And with the help of the Ice Den and with the Panthers, um, they were we were able to uh, start the Lucky Pucks U16. And they're actually, if you check our, our Facebook um, socials and that in Instagram, you'll see their picture. Uh, I think it's getting posted today. They're just, all of them are just adorable and cute. <laughs> and um, they just had a little photo shoot last week. And <laughs> their parents, God bless their parents, because that's a lot of sacrifice and and uh, monetary effort on their part just to you know being a, a hockey taxi cab for these girls to participate um so god bless them because um you know i wasn't fortunate to have that mm -hmm. and they are and i keep si when every time i see them you know give your <laughs> mom and dad a hug for what they're doing oh yeah um but madison when uh, i met her and I just, you know, and ironically, like I said, our stories were parallel with me as her mm -hmm. being a girl playing in the boys league. And I I was just like, how can I not? It was something that I always wanted to try to do, but I didn't have um, the resources or, you know, because I, I don't have young children at that age. I had no idea how to even, and my, my, um, my whole focus and energy is developing the women's program, so it was so hard to even branch out into that. So mm -hmm. she was just a blessing in disguise that showed up at my doorstep, per se. She was playing with <laughs> in the girls' night out program, and I, d I just fell in love with her and the girls that she brought, and we just decided, let's get this going. And um, along with her father, Todd, who is and uh, one of the other mothers, Lori, they are just... I feel blessed to have them because they are just the people that I want to be partnered with because mm -hmm. they they think on the same lines as me as well as how it's to be run they're organized and um they are just they oh it's just been wonderful and uh yeah, yeah. so check them out the Lucky Pucks U16 and yeah. we're also working on a U12 because of all the exposure because of you you people and and all everything <laughs> that we've gotten now there's the um 
the, um, now all these other girls, I'm getting parents. Oh, well, we wow. have a, you know, we have an eight year old, we have a 12 yeah. year old. So that is, that is helping grow the oh, program. So I'm hoping very soon um, in the next couple of months that we'll have a U12 and then maybe even wow. some lower, some lower, you know, little oh, wow. scrappers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this rate, just put toddlers on the ice. I know. Well, <laughs> you, that was, that's when we have a lot of things in the hopper right now with the program and that is mums and tots. We want oh, to do because wow. all of my all of my members in the organization are mothers. So right. to do something like that, we're partnering with the Panthers to do a lot of things to grow more awareness with the program. Um, so you know, we're just trying to find some dates to run a a women's and girls appreciation night at one of the pan one or two at wow. the Panthers game, just to create awareness and to to grow and to to show um, yeah. what's what's here in South Florida. I mean, hockey, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing more outreach. We really want to um, do some outreach to the underprivileged kids mm, yeah. and uh, the Boys and Girls Club and to reach out to the high schools as well. Right. Um, it's not only helping within the community, but it's um, it's smart to, it's that's what's the feeder system for the women's program is all these girls. Right. Like, look at all these girls that I started with the GNO program. Actually, um, the Leffler sisters, which they were interviewed in the NHL piece that they did for mm-hmm. me being a finalist. They started with us at 11 and 12. Well, now they are the coaches for the U16. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So it's a full circle, you know. Yeah. And Maddie Eckler, and she's also working on getting her coaching so she could help with all these little girls. So yeah. it's um, it's a tremendous, exciting time right now with hockey in, mm-hmm. in South Florida. It truly yeah. is. Yeah, and I mean, you just mentioned it's full cir- full circle, um, but you know, you mentioned how you you see yourself in Maddie, right? And you know, now there's the junior team, and there's possibly going to be a twelve U team, like you mentioned, and maybe even younger. And so, like, how? I mean, what has that been like for you to see how this team has developed over the decades? And how it's possibly even going to continue growing, you know, as the decades go on. So what's that been like? I, you know, back in the 90s when I just started KOs, just trying to scramble to get enough girls to play for the Sunshine State games, I had no idea it was. For one, I didn't think that I would be, because I'm, I'm going to be 59 this year, and I when I was in my 20s, I thought 60 was old. There's mm-hmm. no hope in hell <laughs> that I would ever be playing my 60s. 60s is old, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in yeah. your 20s. So for one, I thought I didn't envision myself still playing at a competitive level that I am. And now that I am, I'll be 59 in December. Now I'm like, I think I'm going to, you know, I think, Maria, I think I will be still playing in the national championships when you turn 40. I think I've got a few, she's in her late 30s, so, um, and I never, ever thought that that would happen. So I never thought that it was going to grow to this. I never even dreamed that I would be on the NHL stage getting the award, and that just blew me away let alone being a USA Hockey Player of the Year, mm-hmm. Adult Player of the Year, yeah. because I'm I'm not, I didn't go to college playing hockey. I'm not the cream of the crop of our organization as far as being the number one um, skater, you know. I'm like middle of the pack kind of. So 
that just blows me away. And moving forward to where we are, I'm realizing, um, you know, we're, we're growing and organizing to put more people in place to help mm-hmm. me because now I can't do it all on my own and I, I need mm-hmm. help. But I have so many, um, uh, I, I call them soldiers of hockey soldiers to help me, <laughs> you know, because, and these women, all, the, the so many of the women in the program are uh, professionals and um can help are overly qualified to help me so it's scary in a way Mm -hmm. um but it's exciting too and I know and I'm confident that I have the right group of women to help me grow this and to continue it to be successful and to you know to keep um at the rate that we're going to keep going at it um hoping to um help within the FWHL. I'm the president of the Florida Women's Hockey League, and um, we just started a another t- new team in Tampa, just started an, a new organization. So I'm hoping to um, help uh, with, you know, the um, I have been with the, the Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. coordinators, uh, Kelly Stedman, um, has been very instrumental growing that league over on the West Coast. So that kind of helps me... Um, help yeah. grow the league on that side. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'd like to also really concentrate on is not only growing it here, but within the state mm-hmm. and that Tampa area is just right now is kind of an untapped. We just need more um, uh, more people, more women to For get sure. more involved. Some more KOs and more Marias and Tanyas, <laughs> to what we have here, yeah. but to do it more over there. And with my help, I think... It's start, I'm starting to see it. They're starting to do uh, a girls' night program over there, mm-hmm. a league, a weekly wow. skate, a weekly clinic. And then w- with the help of Kelly Stedman and, and the Lightning Group over there, and with my knowledge and experience, I think it, it's moving in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And all this just goes to show that, you know, you've built something that will last a really long time. Hoping so for the length of as <laughs> as ice, ice hockey is growing, and then with capable leaders like the Madisons, and you know the the yeah. Katie Leffler girls. Mm-hmm. Um, once I'm, you know, I've, I've got to retire soon, but it's probably not going to be for <laughs> a good number of years. But it'll be left in good, capable hands that I will trust that will continue this legacy that was built um, from. Yeah the KO's hockey group. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations on all of your achievements as a team and as a individual. And we're just really lucky that, you know, that you've taken the time to talk to us. Ah, your story. I'm no. lucky. We are lucky. Thank <laughs> you. Definitely. Um, we are all very lucky. That was Karen Oda O'Brien. She co-founded the Florida Women's Hockey League. The team she started, the Lucky Pucks, won the over 40 national championship. She was in conversation with our colleagues, Sherry Lynn Cabrera and Alyssa Ramos. And that's Sundown for Thursday, October 26th. Leslie Ovalle Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Julia Cooper helped produce the show. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. And Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's VP of Radio. Engineering our board is Richard Ives. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at gopalo.com. 
You can download a podcast of this program. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up next week on the program, can Miami artists afford to stay local? Alex Baina is trying to find solutions to the housing affordability crisis. He's the Director of Public Housing and Community Development for Miami-Dade. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only.